Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And today we are discussing the last five stories Steve Ditko created for Doctor Strange uh, from uh, Strange Tales 142 to 146 from the first part of 1966. Mm. What do you think of this work? Have you read this before? Never read it before, had no idea how amazing and fun it would be. And I didn't realize it was the last stories. The Omnibus has like a Spider-Man story, which I'm sure came in earlier when he was doing Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but I didn't even realize this. Wow, it was spectacular. Well, do you know the, I guess, the history and behind it? Like, why did he leave? Uh, did he leave Marvel altogether or right after Spider-Man? And Dick, I mean, uh, yeah, as the story goes, uh, and this is quite controversial because Ditko himself has his own story for this. Essentially, he and Stanley never got along from like 1964 onwards. Mm-hmm. And Ditko always was a man who very valued his independence and and uh, control over everything, and so uh, he he basically was plotting and essentially writing both Spider Man and Doctor Strange for uh, most of sixty four through sixty six. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the most common stories is that uh, there's a Spider Man storyline in which the Green Goblin's identi- identity is revealed, mm-hmm. and to make a long story short, story short, uh, Kirby, excuse me, Ditko and Lee had disagreement on who that should be. Mm. Oh, interesting. I mean, that's a, I'd love to know who Ditko thought, but that's not about this story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I remember correctly, Ditko believed it should have been some anonymous person, not mm-hmm. someone who's related to Spider-Man. And Lee said, no, that's not going to pay off well because, you know, we want it to be, this person who we, we've known for years, and therefore there's this emotional payoff. And Ditko says, I don't believe evil works in that way. Because, mm. you know, he is a strong believer in the black and white world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and Lee said, no, no, it just doesn't work that way dramatically. Of course, Stan was the, the publisher. Mm-hmm. He could decide what he wanted to do. And it just created a lot of tension between them. Um, you could see a lot of tension in these Doctor Strange stories, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, it was like, I, I couldn't, I, I don't know, maybe I couldn't tell. Uh, I, I did have one thing that the midst, the story with um, Mr. Rasputin or something. Yeah. That was totally out of place, I felt like. And I wonder, and then it was also, it was not written by Roy Thomas, it was written by Denny O'Neill. Essentially, all these stories are written by Steve Ditko. Oh, I mean, oh, the dialogues. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, just dialogue by Roy or by Denny O'Neill or by uh, mm. Stan. So from that standpoint, it kind of didn't matter. But yeah, that that Mr. Rasputin story just doesn't make any sense in context. Yeah, I kind of zipped through it. I didn't love that one as much. But man, 42, 142, 143, 4, and 146 were like so much fun. What you love about him? There's a lot of it's. First of all, it was like a gauntlet, right? It's like he go. I love the idea of like you know you got to go through like. He has this ops like he's you know they capture him and he's gonna go through this gauntlet. First off, like it's so cool. First off, he needs to like free himself, and then he takes and then it just shows some really original ways of like, 
the way uh, Doctor Strange was able to like subdue his enemies or take over them or and then like one by one, you know, and it was like short bursts of stories, which I do love that too. It's like, it's not like a long, like drawn out. I, I mean, you know, I'm, maybe I'm lazier, but I like eight page stories, you know? And but they're really cool. dense though, right? I mean, yeah. there's a lot in those 10 pages. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. I actually thought the dialogue was not bad. I mean, it's a lot of reading, but it, it wasn't like a schlog that it wasn't a schlog. It was not bad. No, I think it's, I think these are so creative. Did you find them to be like easy to follow or did you find they were just weird? I thought it was easy to follow. I didn't know who the characters were. They're not really, I even looked up some of them online and some of them were not even listed. Like who's demon and who's like sorceress? These are like generic names. Yeah, the woman in in the first storyline well, I can't tell if she's Asian or not. Uh, she's never actually named. I think they call her sorceress. I guess they, maybe that's not they right call her sorceress, but yeah, it, it, mm. yeah, I don't even know if that's her name. It so really didn't name, matter, right? It was really cool, like. Um, but she looks incredible. Yeah, it's incredible, and some of this art here is like the best I've ever seen, and no one else inked them, so. Um, especially like the last one, 146, which really makes me want to go buy that issue. It's like 30, 40 bucks now. I hope it's not more. The original? Yeah. I really want to see the original art to that last issue because it, you know, Eternity and some crazy, like it was amazing stuff. I I just loved it. I loved it. You haven't read the issues before this, right? So No. you, You haven't read the whole Eternity saga. No, no. Which to me is like the greatest work Ditko ever did in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's just so powerful. It's all full of images like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, Doctor Strange, the single lone human fight to save our, our dimension. with No one there to protect him. No one there to back him up. He's completely this lone wolf fighting without our knowledge, without any hero's ability to help him. And he, he has to save the entire cosmos. Mm. And the the vistas just get bigger and crazier and more terrifying as it goes on and on. To me, that that whole saga is as good as like the best era of Fantastic Four. Um, you, know, you know, people talk about like Fantastic Four um, up to issue 50, especially is like so incredible. There's mm-hmm. one amazing element after the next being introduced. It's a, it really is the same with Doctor Strange. Did, do you feel, so I've never read anything before these issues that we read. Of course, I'm going to go back and read some of them that you recommend. Do you feel like uh, Doctor Strange was good from the beginning? Or did it like, because, you know, uh, Fantastic Four wasn't great in the first few issues, right? There was like, a, what were the numbers in Fantastic Four that like hit like the epic? Yeah, it started to get good in the, like the second year and then really got good in the third year oh okay. we're cranking on fantastic four um dr strange yeah, starts a little cold you know it's a little bit like it's a little bit have you read the really early thor stories yes yeah, some of them yeah some issues yeah. like it never really comes together until stan and jack are back together and then suddenly it seems like stan kind of figures out how to unlock that door mm. Although in Doctor Strange, it feels like the more Ditko got involved in it, 
And the more he was kind of putting his own view of the world into the comics, the better they get. Uh-huh. Um, because Ditko was, you know, an objectivist and a real believer in the lone wolf hero, creating his own cosmic universes and stuff. I mean, all the stuff you're calling out in that final story is really about when this series gets great. And it only takes about a year and a half or so for it to get really great. Mm-hmm. But even in the first few stories, I mean, there's a lot of stuff with him sparring with Baron Mordo, who's, you know, the ancient one's other disciple. So it's like two brothers fighting. And there's still a lot of good stuff in there. It's just not as good as it gets. Um, I mean, you've got, if you've got the Omni, you've got so many, you've got, oh gosh, like at least 30 great 10 page stories in there mm-hmm. that just build and build and build. And this whole saga with, Clea at the end where he's searching for the girl who helped him as he keeps calling her mm-hmm. um, and how she helps with uh, Dormammu and the whole revelation about her father and the nameless ones and all this other cosmic mm-hmm. just uh, energy is just so powerful mm. yeah I, I think it's I think it's extraordinary I think it's very strange though too it is. And it's surprising that, it, you know, I mean, I'm not the first person to say this, obviously, but very surprising that somebody who's like, maybe like straight edge, like Ditko came up with these like psychedelic, like crazy, you know, ideas for dimensions and, you know. Yeah, how did you like that stuff? Having never read it before. I mean, I, I was familiar with it. I saw the movie, you know, right. but I've, I've seen the artwork, you know, like here and there, a page here and there. And of course, I've actually read Doctor Strange after Ditko, some of the issues there, like the one that I really like, and I got it for the art was like uh, Kevin Nolan had done an issue and oh, yeah. a lot of great artists on it, but um I just love, I thought it was great. There's actually one when I was learning to draw or I'm still learning to draw. I copied uh, one of the dimensional stuff that he did. It's just like amazing. Just look at all the imagination and the, yeah, it's really cool. Like the that 146, man, I can't imagine how the original art looks like. He you really- love that issue. I could tell. He must have poured his heart out into it. I think it was his very last Marvel comic. Yeah, it was. Oh wow! I get it. I don't know. In the omnibus. Oh, you know, it's page four and five in the uh, one forty-six. It's amazing. Like, yeah, when when eternity explodes out of the universe or whatever wherever he is, yeah, that giant like big bang in the first panel. And then the, the angry confrontation in the next three panels. And then the full page spread. Mm-hmm. What's crazy to me is like, this is really almost abstract. Yeah. Like there's really almost nothing you can like identify as human on page four. Mm-hmm. There's these kind of vaguely human shapes and yet Ditko pulls it off. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know how the background was, how it was colored and... Because, you know, in my version, in the omnibus, the colors are the generic, you know, four color. They're not really great. Yeah, that's what I have in mind, too. Yeah, throughout that. And then it all explodes on page six with literally everything just blowing up in front of you. And that look of 
fear in Doctor Strange's face. This is where that that really bold coloring pays off because every like, like Doctor Strange, you have this explosion that's full of reds and purples and yellows, and the Doctor Strange is completely saturated in yellow, like he's being overwhelmed by the mm -hmm. energy yeah. of everything that's happening around him. Actually, I have the black and white uh, essentials. Maybe, yeah, that one, I'll take a look at that sometime. I, I'm really interested in seeing the art because I wonder, is there, a, do you know of any artist edition that's, that's available? Not that, I'm, not that I know of, no. Mm. Yeah, this is beautiful. And his art's like really top notch. It's like, you know, usually when I think of Dicko, even in his early years, um, I always think of him as like just, you know, kind of not great draftsman, but some of these stuff are like, they're beautiful. I'm actually looking at the black and white from the original plate, I guess. It's amazing. I love this. Wow. There's Color. a lot of stuff he does that's very kind of subtle. That, mm -hmm. Like rereading this again, really struck me. One is, you know, the mid, oh yeah, that's just beautiful. Beautiful black and white. Um, is the magicians all do these things with their hands to cast the spells. Mm -hmm. And it's never called out. There's one comment that I think Rasputin makes about, I can't move my hand so I can't cast any spells. But other than that, Ditko just plays with it. And you start looking at the hands in this comic and you start to see like this whole like secret language almost. It's like sign language, only it's magician sign language. Yeah. And like, I almost want to like capture different screenshots from my iPad or something and put them together and say, okay, what does this spell do? And what does this spell do? And why is he moving his hands like this? Like, you know, Ditka's always been praised for his use of hands. Um, and you, it's, it's like so beautifully on display here. Mm -hmm. And then um, another thing I really, like, again, rereading it, the first story that we've read from Strange Tales 142, Those Who Would Destroy Me. So Strange is in this, uh, he's in bondage, which I'll, we should talk about in a minute too. Um, and he's basically pushing his body around these dungeons. Mm -hmm. And the way Ditko draws the body wandering through the dungeons from like pages seven through 10, seven through nine really, gives such a sense of like claustrophobia and space. Mm -hmm. He's not over rendering anything. He's just rendering everything in a way that kind of just makes you feel boxed in. Mm -hmm. And he's using angles like the middle panel on page seven, for example, where there, you see bars um, surrounding the walls, Dr. Strange's ectoplasmic body on the other side of that, the uh, fence, mm -hmm. just makes him feel really boxed in. And like the way he uses, he has the torch on the wall in the final panel on page eight, also makes Strange look like he's just kind of trapped inside uh, this confined, this extremely confined space that he just like is going to have trouble getting out of. It just feels really like smartly created in a way that makes the character feel boxed in. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you something. And um, this is, uh, I mean, in addition to like, the, the look, the, the atmosphere that he sets up. I noticed that like, like the faces 
some of them, especially when he's in ectoplasmic form, they don't look like Ditko faces. Do you think somebody else inked them? It looks, I mean, it doesn't give any credit to him, but it looks totally different than his drawing. I think he drew them that way on purpose, but there's another question here too. So, you know, there's this whole sequence where Dr. Strange is in bondage. And you probably know this whole story where Ditko shared a studio for years with Eric Stanton, who was a bondage artist who drew for like the porno magazines of the time. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot, of, a lot of evidence that Ditko drew Stanton's comics. Oh, okay. And so I wonder how much Stanton was helping Ditko out. And I'm not sure how long that relationship went for something I probably should have prepped for. But I wonder if at least that's an influence because like Strange being bound with that weird mask on his face and those mm -hmm. kind of mitten gloves on his hands is oh. really kind of eerie to me. It's like the gimp from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. And like Ditko could have come up with that himself. Absolutely makes sense. But it struck me as being very kind of bondagey. Mm. Interesting. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, as far as I know, they didn't do a lot of remarking of his work in the Marvel bullpen. Mm -hmm. they, I'm sure they did some. I think there's evidence of that on the splash page of 144, which looks like, I don't know, it looks very strange to me. Mm -hmm. shouldn't use the word strange when talking about Dr. Strange. Uh -huh. The faces don't look right to me. Uh, oh, issue 144. Yeah, the faces do look different. Like there's one that reminds me of like a Frank Miller drawing. Mm -hmm. If you look at page three on 144 panel three, I've seen Frank Miller characters like a Daredevil or like a bullseye kind of looked like that. That goes a big influence on him. Oh, yeah, that's true. Remember, there was a, a very short minute Miller was going to draw Doctor Strange. There's an ad for him. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that ad. So I think that's a good call out. Uh, and then the other thing I was going to ask, so what did so as someone new to this work, what do you think of the way Ditko draws these mystic dimensions? Do you think it was alienating or did you think it made it more interesting to you? Um, I mean, I loved it was interesting to me. Oh, I loved it. I can't imagine for other folks, but as I look at their, you know, the black and white too, it looks even better, you know. The color kind of ruins a lot of that stuff. But I loved it. I loved the the world where he's like talk he's he's like walking on these like what are these spores or nodes or something like like really cool stuff like they almost seem organic and kind of like when there's when they don't give him the stupid you know the treatment the 2000s treatment coloring they kind of look like um cronenberg type of yeah huh i didn't uh, think of that like the story where he fights Taza, 144. Mm -hmm. Like this, the first panel on page two, it just looks like nothing else. 
it's like strangest faces on a TV or something. And Dormammu is standing on some weird ectoplasmic water thing. And then Clay is disappearing into another dimension. Mm-hmm. There's all these like abstract curly cues all around. The whole page is full of like, what the hell is this? And this looks amazing, you know? Yeah. yeah. The whole saga before that is full of this kind of thing. I should have read this in, a, in essentials format. I would have been able to enjoy the art a lot more. <laughs> well, we can, we can do more issues if you want, because you obviously love this. I'm looking at that eternity again. It's like, geez, how do you draw that? How do you come up with that? And you know, um, I I have a big collection of Ditko work. He, Fanographics put out five or six volumes of Ditko's early work through Blake Bell edited mm-hmm. and uh, through Charlton Comics and stuff. And um, it's actually striking how similar it is a lot of ways to this work Mm. it's a little hackier a little more kind of him finding his way but there's so many elements that kind of pop up again and again in his work Mm -hmm. this love of dimensions is one uh no one draws like uh, afraid or terrified or confused faces as well as did go i think Mm. like on the eternities uh, issue on page seven uh, that fourth panel, the, look, the Doctor Strange's face is almost oh, yeah. abstract. But he also looks like confused. And I don't know what you, words to use for that. He draws his eyes so perfectly. Yeah. I mean, the previous page, the whole, what is it, the one page spread where Dormammu's, that's such, I wonder who owns that page, that lucky bastard. You know, it's worth thousands. Oh, I mean, maybe half a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, right. When that page came up where Doctor where Spider-Man first wore the black costume, it was on the I get the heritage uh, catalog. And my wife was like, well, how much is that gonna be worth? And I'm like, half a million dollars. She's like, Really? No way. Like it went for six hundred and fifty thousand or something. Yeah, the the stupid uh Superman death went for two hundred about two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, in our chat, you were calling out the final page, mm-hmm. the look of with Clay and, and Strange. Yeah, he's clearly in love with her. There's so much in this one panel to me, because I think this one panel shows why Ditko and Lee broke up, why, why Ditko left Marvel, where the series could have gone, and what Ditko's vision is of these characters. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Lee just has it be this kind of very generic conversation. You must go back. Yes, you're right. But like, there's this look of love between them, right? Mm-hmm. She looks, Clea's looking at Strange like, you're my hero. You're the man who's ch- going to change my life. I could see my future being inside you. It's this look of like real love and trust. And he's looking away like, I'm not sure I'm ready for that responsibility, but I feel like I can help mentor you to become a great wizard or whatever. To me, it looks like not reading the dialogue. It looks like she's like, you know, 
this is inevitable. You got to go back. I got to stay here. I like, like, so you see it as like a Casablanca moment. I think it's a Casablanca moment. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I kind of see it the opposite way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like we're fated to be together. Oh, really? Oh, because I don't know the future. They, I guess they're going to get back together. Yeah, she comes to Earth and she, she becomes his assistant and he starts training her. I'm assuming, yeah. I mean, that's, but I think like, I don't know, this really did feel like the ending. It's so funny now that you mention it, it's obvious. But like when I saw the end, it's like, oh yeah, this is a good complete story. All the bad guys are dead. Like their mama was dead. Thank, hopefully he'll never come back, which he's coming back. <laughs> he comes back every other issue. Um, what's his name is subdued. Uh, uh, it's a jerk guy. Yeah, Mordo sent away. Mordo, yeah. He's and free, then, but he still screams for revenge. And now I'll, everybody's going to help him. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, not Lee, but did, was it Lee that wrote this dialogue or was it like Roy? I think it was Jenny O'Neill. Uh, oh, was it? Oh. Yeah, because O'Neill was at Marvel for a short time. Oh, I thought he was uh, Roy Thomas. Oh, it is Jenny O'Neill, yeah. Yeah, and he kept writing Strange for a little bit. Mm. The Strange stories that come after this are not that good until Roy comes back and um, when Doctor Strange goes into his own series with uh, incredible artwork by Gene Colan. Mm. Maybe my favorite ever Gene Colan artwork. The thing is, uh, Doctor Strange has had some amazing, like Doctor Strange wasn't that big of a deal until the movie came out, I, I feel like. But it's had some amazing artists. Like, isn't Bill Everett is on the next issue. Yeah. And it's not considered to be Everett's best work, but it's very good. Oh, really? Oh, okay. But yeah, it's uh, Colin, Frank Brunner, who I, I, I always thought was a little underrated. Mm. Um, and then Marshall Rogers draws it for a while. Mm -hmm. Michael Golden draws an issue. Uh, nice. As you said, Kevin Nolan draws an issue. Uh, yeah, it's got all kinds of great artists and then all, all the way into, you know, the the 90s are a lot of good artists on it too. Mm -hmm. Jeff Isherwood. <laughs> yeah, he who's I think very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just know I like the name. But yeah, so <laughs> it, it was beautiful. This was a beautiful. I mean, you know, I actually didn't mind Danny O'Neill's writing. Uh, but the art, like what you pointed out about his eyes, like the battle between Dormammu and Eternity, mm -hmm. those pages, like they don't look like what I think Ditko is. Oh, say more about that. Because you know when like the, 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 the like when Doctor Strange is in terror, mm -hmm. you know that page. I've never seen that before. The page, uh, page six and seven on one forty-six. Yeah, you're right. It's very non-heroic, right? I just have never seen him look like that. I don't know. There's just, uh, it's really abstract, yeah. But it's, it's a complicated face. Mm -hmm. And then Eternity is like, is a character that a lot of artists who may not, if they're not into the character, they would hate to draw. Mm -hmm. so and it really is like a 100% Ditko's creation. Mm -hmm. I just love the art. Even like the very first page that we read, 
where we have the three panel section and those who would destroy me where you see Strange's back and he's in shadows and then flip, the camera flips around and we get his face and he's got this look of fear and confusion like what 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 I gotta go back into battle again and immediately like he's got this look in the third panel like I gotta do what I gotta do I'm gonna, I'm ready for the fight let's bring it bring it on mm-hmm. uh, and actually this is a case where Lee's dialogue I think works really well because he's he's mad at himself sends out that eye almost like in an angry way mm-hmm. and, and the eye of Agamotto and like there's just so much power in that Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I mean, again, like this is another page that doesn't look like it could to me, especially that third panel of him sending the eye out. Mm-hmm. That looks really. What's you say it was Stanton? Yeah. I I I saw a recent uh, cartoonist Kate video about him and Ditko. They say what years they worked together. I don't remember. But it's, uh, I actually didn't, yeah, wasn't paying too much attention to it. But I remember, and and I think, I think you mentioned this too. Is like they mentioned that Ditko actually drew for him too for a while. Yeah, yeah, because you know they're friends and helped each other make a few extra dollars. I think in this case, this is just Ditko drawing the hell out of the panels, though. Mm. I mean, he's just drawing with such passion, cares so much about the character too. Mm. I get it. I, I drew a six pages and my first page was really rendered. And then as I, as I finished up, it was less and less rendered. I, mean, I think this is really a tourist. You know, I think this is really, you know, in the, the same sense as like a film director as the auteur of the movie. This is Ditko just showing his, you know, his power as the individual creator here. Mm. Stan's just along for the ride or the other writers are along for the ride. Mm-hmm. That wizard woman, like the way Ditko draws her too, like there's so much energy to her. She also, by the way, must have the strongest ears ever to wear those incredibly enormous earrings. Mm-hmm. She's a magician. I've seen people wear those. Yeah, maybe she has a little levitation attached to them or something. Because, <laughs> uh, those are too big even for gauges they're gonna stretch her ears yeah yeah i don't think she cares about that uh anything else you want to say about these no i mean i just loved it thank you for the recommendation i'm glad we got to read these together glad you liked it so much yeah it was cool great oh thank you